Well, good evening, everyone. We're here with Pastor James Vivian with Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And guess what the topic is tonight? Everything you always wanted to know about curses so we can break them. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you very much, Dorothy. I'm glad to be here. Well, the main thing is you said curses. That's what most people are about. Is there, is there such thing as a curse? And and can a cur- can a Christian be cursed? And things like this, people just if you don't know, you don't know. But if you read your scriptures and study them, there's curses all in the Bible. Definitely in the Old Testament, starting around um, Deuteronomy, the uh, 27th chapter, it talks about curses in there, and it also has blessings in the Bible. You know, curses and, and blessings. But the reason that most of us get a curse of disobedience, and disobedience can come in many ways. One, do not play with the Ouija board. Two, don't buy a Coke uh, object like dream catchers or, or a ring that has Satan's picture on there or signatures of like 666 and stuff. These open spiritual doors. And if you don't believe it, Spiritual doors are real, and so that's why you have to worry about curses. If you got on the whole armor every day, can a curse get to you? Yes. That's because uh, it could be something that your family did a long time ago that gives them a legal right. They have power against you. So what you have to do is try to check out your family background. One of the things to check out is your health. Grandmother died of cancer, great-grandmother died of cancer, great-great-grandmother died of cancer, Uncle Luke died of cancer. Then I would start looking for somebody that put a curse in your family. And the curses can come either by uh, a word curse, blood curse, in other words, a blood sacrifice, either human or animal, or a wish curse. Now, what a wish curse is, I wish you would die. I wish you would not have been born. I wish. And that's what we call witchcraft. And it's just as powerful as one who knows what they're doing and practicing with a, uh, a cult object to put curses on people. I know this one man, he's from uh, New York, named John Ramos. And like he was like the third highest warlock or witch, male witch, up in New York. And he could just speak death on you, and it would happen. So now the thing is, how do I know I've got a curse up on me, and how do I get rid of the curse? First thing you want to do is I say, take out a piece of paper and start writing down your family history. Uncle Joe is in jail for murder. His brother was in jail for murder. His father before him was in jail for murder. Well, I'd be looking at somebody is going into a blood sacrifice. And how did that blood sacrifice get started? Let's go way back farther and say great, 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 great grandfather wanted had power over his wife that she would do anything he said. So he did a blood sacrifice. He might have sacrificed one of his kids. You'd be surprised what they'll do to put curses on people so they can get power. Sacrifice one of his kids or an animal to a demon named Moloch, 
And Moloch, yes, I'll, I'll grant you what you need. And so he gives him power. And his wife walks around in a trance, right? And she does everything he says with no argument. Let's say somebody else, the opposite side. And here, here this woman that made a, a blood sacrifice that she would have control over her husband. It'd still be through the demon named Moloch and usually Jezebel. And I had one uh, lady I was doing the deliverance on, and as we were doing deliverance, oh, well, it was a man. As we were doing deliverance, he had pain in his body for 18 years, three years pain, 15 years chronic pain. Well, while we were doing deliverance, this thing spoke up, and I asked, what's your name? He said, Jezebel. I said, how did you get there? Blood sacrifice. How long you been there? He told me, generations. And I said, well, it's going to come on out. It took four and a half hours of hitting the scriptures with it. Until it finally was, it finally we was able to get it out. You cannot beat the demons. You cannot break the curses by just saying, in the name of Jesus only. Jesus wrote a book. It's called the Bible. And the Bible is our rule book on how to do things. So let's turn right now to uh, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and starting with the first verse. Uh, let me see. Let me see here. Let's go. Let's, in fact, let's change it. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 27th chapter, starting with the first verse. And let's look at Moses. Moses was a powerful man of God. He could either bless you or he could curse you. So let's look at it. And it says, and Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day. And it shall be a day when you shall pass over Jordan. Now you got to understand, you got to realize what does the word Jordan mean? It means before before the judgment. Okay? Unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And thou shalt set up the a great stone and platter them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law. When thou art passed over, thou mayest go into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the Lord God of your father has promised thee. So in other words, this is uh, reading things that uh, God had wrote on the stone, and Moses did too, where It'll be explained before the judgment, before the judgment, you need to keep these commandments, okay? Let's see what it says if we keep it. Therefore, when you are gone over Jordan before the judgment, then you shall set up these stones, which I command you in this day at Mount Ebal, and thou shalt plaster them with plaster. And there shall be also built upon altars of the Lord thy God, an altar of stone, and Yahweh and thou shalt not lift up any iron tool upon them. When God tells you not to do something, he's giving you uh, instructions. You have to obey the instructions. And if you don't, then a curse comes upon you. To give you an example, the first law that we ever had, it was Adam and Eve, thou shalt not eat of this fruit of this tree. They ate of it. The curse was, if you eat of this fruit, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall die. Well, people say, well, he, 
Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they didn't die. But see, the thing is, you got to understand the scriptures. You got to put scriptures with scriptures. And this scripture is uh, that uh, one day is like a thousand years with God, and a thousand years is one day. Now, I don't care how you want to figure it out. You got to figure that God is a very loving and caring God, and he really wants us to repent every time we do something. But he gives us enough time sometimes, not all the time, enough time to do this. And if you don't, then the curse comes past. So he told them, you might eat of this fruit. How old did uh, Adam live to? Adam lived to be uh, 930 years old. But he did not live to be a 1,000. Thuzman, who lived the longest, he lived 969 years. But because of the curse, he didn't live a 1,000 years. Nobody has lived to be a 1,000. So that's why we have to be careful about obeying so the curses will not come up on you. As I say, there's several ways curses can come up on you. So let's read, continue to read here at the seventh verse. And if thou shalt offer a peace offering, and thou eat there and rejoice before the Lord, thou shalt write upon these stones all the words of this law very plainly. And Moses and the priest Levi spoke unto all of Israel. And the word Israel means one who raffles. Who raffles. And so what did Israel raffle with? He raffled with God. That's how he got his name. And God doesn't mind you raffling with him. As I say, uh, approach him with logic. Because <laughs> if it ain't logical, you will be in trouble. Take heed and hearken, Israel, this day that thou become the people of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I have commanded thee. Then Moses spoke by saying, and Moses charged the people the same day, saying, Thou shalt stand at Mount Geririn to bless the people. When you come over to Jordan, uh, Simeon, Levi, Judas, what does Jude mean? It means praise. I I called Joseph and Benjamin. And these shall stand at Mount Evo to curse. See that? Here's another curse. So they shall stand up on the Mount of Ebal to curse, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Nephilim. And the Levites spoke and said to all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Be the man that maketh any graven or molten image. It's an abomination to the Lord. The work of thy hands of the craftsmen and putting it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed be he who set light uh, by his father or by his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that removes his neighbor's landmark. In other words, here's a thief. You're trying to steal the person, your neighbor's land, and all these people said, Amen. If you keep looking, you'll see. Curse, 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 curse. Curse, curse. All you do is look down there, it goes all the way down. But curses. Now, you don't want the curses. You want the blessings. How do you get the blessings? By obedience. How do you get the curses? By somebody or yourself. Uh, either bringing a curse on you or somebody speaking a curse against you. Now, let's get down to 28. 
And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I commanded you this day, the Lord thy God will set thee on high and above all nations of the earth. All the blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed be thou in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field. And if you notice, it keeps saying, bless, 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 bless. Keep right on down. Bless, bless, good treasures, bless. But then you keep on getting down farther, and what do you run into again? Or like around the 16th verse, curse. You know, you, if you don't obey, curse, you'll be in the city. Curse, you'll be in the field. Curse, you'll be your basket and your, and your store. Everything. Everything has a uh, opposite to it. In other words, God wants to bless us, but if we do, if we don't get the blessings, we'll get the curses. Now, what is a curse? As I say, it, it can come in different ways. So let's talk about a word curse. There's been mothers that are, have children, and all of a sudden they'll say, "I don't want this child," while they're carrying it in the womb. That is a word curse. Or the father comes by. I don't want this child. I wish you wasn't having it. That's the word curse. Now here's the thing in the spiritual realm, because power is in the is in the tongue, life and death is in the tongue, or in your language. When you say that, it opens up a portal, a door, a a, a place where things can come in and go out. Well, when that you spoke, the demons will come through there. And the demons will take control over that baby. When somebody says, I was born a homosexual, they're telling the truth. Because there's a spirit in them. I was born to kill people. They're telling the truth. People say, well, that is so terrible. It's so terrible. But you've got to remember, somebody brought a curse on the family. And also there's people that bring blessings on the family. Oh, I love my child. I can't wait to have this child. And because there's evil things, then good things can come past that child. That child can be anything that it puts its mind to, especially if it has a good parent that's speaking good things over them. But an evil parent speaking evil things, then these things will come to pass. So first of all, we talk about is the word curse. Another curse is a blood sacrifice curse. In Africa and a lot of other places, it has occult practices. You have a lot of blood sacrifices. Most of them are animals, especially goats or chickens and stuff like that. But there are human sacrifices where a person will kill their child trying to get money or get prestige or get power, and they make deals with demons and devils. And so most times we don't understand it because you didn't do it, but somebody in your family did, and it will affect you. Sometimes you'll have people that have, uh, or to give you an example of a curse, uh, they're born with bad eyes, and they, don't, they didn't do nothing wrong. The parents didn't eat good, but somebody in the family put a curse on them. Or they say your neighbor across the street, I'm, I'm tired of them always. It seems like they're getting blessed. They're always getting everything. I pray that they don't get blessed. I pray that... Something bad will happen to them. So they'll make a sacrifice or they will make a deal with the devil. And that's how these things come to pass. So let's, let's, let's talk about how to break curses. 
A curse is not broken until it's broken. Well, how do you break curses? Because a curse is a word thing. You have to speak it. And the way we usually break curses for a Jesus Christ teaching ministries or Bob Larson ministries, if we got a, a written uh, curse, we'll act like a person is writing down the thing on a piece of paper. And then we take it to the Lord, which is the courtroom, and we say we want to destroy this. We want to make this null and void, and we'll tear up that paper. Believe it or not, it works. It works. It's even better if you really put down what this curse is all about and say, well, my great-great-grandmother made a curse so she could have power over my grandfather. I heard that in the family, and I heard that she killed somebody, and, and that became the contract. So now you got to break the contract, and as I say, a curse is not broken until it's broken. So you have to speak it, and if you can't, do something literally to make contact with that curse. I met many of people doing exorcism that had curses in their life and didn't know that they had them or did not know how to get rid of them. Uh, one of the things about curses, when you make you make deals with the devil, you've got so many different entities out here that I'm talking about not just a hundred, not a thousand. We're talking about billions, billions of demonic beings out here. There's principalities, there's powers, wicked rulers of the of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, each thing has more power, and you have to break according to their power. So let's say with principalities, as, as a spirit, which some people call it a demon, but as I say, just according to what your interpretation of demon is, and devils and stuff like that. A lot of times they'll say, well, all the demons came from the fallen angels. Or some say they came from a, a demonic creature named Lilith. Or they came from uh, masturbation. They produced it. So this is why there's so much confusion. But who cares how they get created? Our job is to break them off of our family and off of ourselves. So I'm telling you how to do this by uh, using the word. You can go to the scriptures and like anything in Psalm 70, uh, 82, it talks about spiritual warfare. And as you use those spiritual warfare uh, words, you're breaking curses. To give an example, let's turn to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Now, if you was in my church, I would say amen when you get there. <laughs> All right. 72. Let me see what it says here. It says, Give the king thy judgment, O God, and thy righteousness to the king's son. He shall judge his people with righteousness and the poor with judgment. The mountain shall bring forth peace to his people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people, and he shall save the children of the needy, and shall break the pieces of the oppressor. So if I'm getting ready to do a deliverance, I would use that scripture right there and say that uh, he shall judge the poor. We talked about God. And he shall save the children of the needy. 
We are the ones that need things from God. We need everything, bread, our daily bread, uh, uh, salvation each day. Because like the promises, there are new every day. And then quote this, says, shall break the pieces the oppressor. Break the pieces of the oppressor. Then they shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. In other words, when, when people see the power of God is moving, they get scared. When Israel was being captured in Egypt, when the ten plagues or the ten curses came up on Egypt, Egypt feared and wanted to get Israel out of there as fast as they could. But once you learn the scriptures, the scriptures is what gives you power. He's the one that, because the word is God and God is the word. He is the one who gives creed. And if you pronounce the decrees, God's word will not come back void. Let's turn over to uh, Psalms 82. Psalms 82. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Now, when you start seeing things like that, you're breaking curses. You're saying, God's getting ready to do this. I believe God is going to give me freedom. I believe God's going to defend me. I believe God's going to deliver me. And the more you say more of the word of God, the more power you get. And when your confidence is when you walk in the knowing that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As I say, this is a live broadcast, and if you have any questions about curses, if you got curse in your family, you can ask. As I say, there's so many, so much answers out here that nobody knows it all. We have to study to show ourselves to prove every day to God, every day. And you, you'll find out a lot of the stuff that we're battling. Like uh, you'll look in the family, you'll find somebody with some problems. You'll find out mental problems and stuff. But then you'll find that it's not just that one. There's somebody else in there, two, three, four. That's the reason. Curses. So if anybody got any questions, you can ask them now or I'll keep going. Well, let me give, the, let me give out the call-in number so they know what to call. Um, okay. The call-in number is 646-595-5555. And if you press the one when it asks you if you want to speak to the host, I'll know you have a question because in the studio, the little question mark will come up by your number. So please do call in with any questions. This is the chance to learn about these curses we keep hearing about. Go ahead, Pastor. Okay. Now, one of the other things that help you break curses is Psalms 91. And in Psalms 91, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. When you're telling the devil, when you're talking to him, it's like being in a courtroom. It really is a spiritual courtroom. And you're putting your case before God, and God's listening to you. And you say, Lord, I trust you. I, I don't like what the devil has to offer me. I don't want him. Whatever he then did to my family, I asked for restitution. I asked because you said when you catch a thief, he's got to give back seven times more than he stole from you. And so you put your trust 
in the living word and you use the living word and you believe in the uh, living word and you will see things starting to come to pass. To give you an example, uh, I was had a, a lady called me in about deliverance. And the thing is, I don't, I don't want to get too technical because there's a lot to learn about deliverance. It ain't overnight thing. But this lady was trying to kill herself, and she was thinking it was a demon. But what had happened is somebody had put some curses in that family, and it made them uh, believe that they were not worthy worth living. So not only this one, but there's several others in the family wanted to kill themselves. But once we were able to uh, show them that this is not the devil, this is just a part that's in them, which in the medical field they call it MPD or DID, which means multiple personality disorder. And what it is, where uh, this personality, even though you're a core person, there's a personality that's split off on you. And those things have secrets. And it keeps it away from the core person because some things that the curses that come up are so terrible that, like this one lady, she was getting raped every day by not a human person. But once we broke the curse, then she was able to be free. And not only women, but men too. They go through the, the same thing. So as I say, main thing is always saying, scriptures that you can do the battle because the Ephesians 6 and 10 says uh, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And why would you need the whole armor of God unless you're getting ready to fight somebody? And our enemy is the devil. Now, one of the other good scriptures that I use, Psalms 103. So if somebody will turn this, we'll just turn to Psalms 103 here. This is one of the things I use for healing. What happens if I use the scripture and I don't get healed? Keep on using it. Don't give up. The the race is not given to the one who quits. The winners don't quit. Quitters never win. You keep on fighting. So let's look at uh, Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits who forgiveth all thy iniquity and healeth all thy diseases. When you want God to, to bless you, first of all, you got to get you got to get the blessings coming towards you. And the one way of getting the blessings to come towards you is speak to break the curse. The curse is the law, the law of sin and death. But you speak, I am redeemed from the law of sin and death. Let the redeemed of the Lord Face so. This is a spiritual warfare, not a natural thing. You can't argue with no demons. You cannot. I fight those demons. They've been here 6,000 years. Ain't none of us even been here 1,000. So they're very wise, and they're a lot smarter than we are. Even God said the children of this world are smarter than the children of light. Well, the word light in this case means uh, understanding. They understand how to work in this in the spiritual realm. We are the ones walking around in the natural realm and not getting anything. But the more we learn, the more power we have, the more we break curses. So as I told you, stay with the Psalms. Do what it says. Say it 
and speak it out loud so not only you hear it, but the devil hears it. Because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's continue on here. The fourth verse says, Who redeemed thy life from destruction and crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfied thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? In other words, he's saying, if you start doing this, I, I've seen it happen over and over again. People who stay in the word and speak the word and live the word, they look younger. They don't look older. They look younger. There's a radiance about them. That's why I tell people, you can see who's a Christian and who's not. It shows up in their eyes. It shows up in their skin. It shows up in their conversation. So let's get to the six now. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. So in other words, you're speaking these things. You tell the devil. If you have to call him by name sometimes. Satan, the Lord is executing judgment right now, and he's going to help me get free. I am the oppressed one. He made, way, he made known his ways to Moses, and he's making his ways known unto me. His act unto the children of Israel, and he's taking care of me. So in other words, this is how you do spiritual warfare. You don't just, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come out of that, you devil, you, in the name of Jesus. In, you don't have no faith. You're just uh, using rhetoric and saying it something over and over again. God wants you to get in and fight. When it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, people are not the problem, but against principalities, powers, Wicked rules of darkness in this world and spiritual weakness in high places. In other words, we've got a spiritual warfare, and that's where we've got to go to. When somebody's mean to you, what does the Bible say? Bless them that curse you. In other words, be good, kind, if you can. But it ain't going to be always. That's why I want you to know. You're not a doormat. Ain't, you're not a doormat for people to walk all over you all the time. Your job is to use the word of God to try to get that person saved. But in case they don't, I'm going to teach y'all about how to kill witches and warlocks that put curses on you. The Bible says, I suffer not a witch to live. That's what you need to quote. And believe that what you're saying is going to come to pass, according to Mark, the 11th chapter. And starting with the 22nd, where it says, have faith in God, then it tells you, how they have faith. Who is God? The Word. What you got to do is preach the Word, pray the Word, live the Word, and make sure you hear it and the enemies hear it. Because every time they get they hear the Word, they get beat down. All right. Let's keep on going here. Let's get to the, uh, let's go to the eighth verse. Let's get there right now. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenty in mercy. In other words, God don't want to beat you. I know people got the idea God is sitting there with a hammer waiting for you to do something wrong that he dips out of the head and says, I told you you should have did this, and you didn't do what I told you to do, and he's just angry. That is not the God that we serve. Our God is slow to anger. Yes, he does have an anger, but he's slow to anger. He gives you time to change. Because he wants you to be saved. It's not his will for any to perish, but all come to the saving knowledge of his son, which is the word of God. And then you'll find out the word of God is Jesus. 
All right, let's keep on going. I got some more weapons to give you real quick. It goes to Psalms 149. Psalms 149. See, a lot of times we know about the two-edged sword, but we read it only in uh, Hebrew. But it's written in here, too. Psalms 149. Let's read it, what it says. Because praise is a weapon for the Lord. The more you praise God, the more he'll be around you. The more he's around you, the stronger you become. So here it says, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise him in the congregation of the saints. In other words, you had to go back to Malachi, because the Bible always interprets itself. Back to Malachi, he said, those that talk about him constantly, he makes up little jewels and put them in his crown, so he can remember us. So the more you, he remembers us, the more, the more power we get, the more that we are able to enjoy life. Let's keep reading. It says, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Now, what is name? That's another thing. You've got to know what these things mean. The word name don't only mean your personal name, but it means authority. So look at this now again. It says, let them praise his authority in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with timbers and heart, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. What does salvation mean? So you've got to know these things so that they'll, they become a part of you, not something you just hearing and not being a doer, but hearing and being a doer and realizing what this is doing for you. Remember I told you, the more people that walk in the word of God, is that he We'll beautify the meek with salvation. That means you'll start to look younger. If you know when we talked about the eagle, when it's flying, the eagle takes his beak and beats it up against the rock to break that old beak off so a new beak can come forth. Uh, a lot of uh, creatures in nature will have uh, like a worm or something like caterpillars. It'll look bad, but the more it matures, the night comes out of that cocoon, and it's a beautiful butterfly. Well, that's the same with us. The more we know, the stronger we are, the more we praise God, thank him for what he's done for us. And in any way to make noise to him, because he said, I love a joyful noise. So let's look at that. It's just number five. It said, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And here's the most important part of this weapon and a two-edged sword in their hand. Why? To execute judgment upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor uh, have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Now, if you, are you one of God's saints? Is God a man that he would lie? No. So when you got a curse coming up on you, especially like a Nephilim curse, a Nephilim means it is the uh, children of the fallen angels. The ones you read in uh, Genesis, the sixth, uh, yeah, Genesis the sixth chapter. When you read about how they came down and had uh, had uh, sex with uh, women and stuff, the people, men, women, and they had giants and stuff, 
Well, those giants died, most of them, but not all of them, because it says they were giants in the land and then after. But they're spiritual giants. Those are uh, some of the demons, too. That's, as I say, it's important who you study under, who will say this is a uh, demon, that's a demon, uh, this is the reason it's the only other demon, but there's nobody who knows it all. But one of the things is I know the weapons you use. So the weapon I use against the Nephilim, I hold, I hold my hand over the person's top of his head without touching it and say, I hold this head up as a trophy to God. Same thing as uh, David did. And he cut off his head. Well, you don't have to cut off the person's head, but you take symbolically with your Bible. There's a two-edged sword, and you speak, I cut the heads off the Nephilim, and you hold it up to God. Then you say, I throw those heads into the pit. In other words, you're cutting off your spiritual life. And once you do that, the second thing you want to do, uh, Psalms 1, where it says that uh, they would chain them to shaft, C-H-A-F-F. And shaft is like ashes. So I, in my mind, as I speak to these things, I change their body to ashes because I am a saint. It don't mean, oh, I'm a perfect person every day, but I strive for everyday perfection. And you may not make it, but you don't stay in the mud either. I've seen many a person get lost on the sidelines because they got hurt. And they go, well, I ain't going back to nobody's church. I'm through with church. Well, where is the word taught at? In the, in the church or in the world? Go back to the church. That church doesn't fit you. Go to somebody's church so you can hear the word. But if you go, everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody's wrong. Listen, God didn't say everything's going to be wrong. He said it'll be good. It's good. Some of very good, but he's waiting for a perfection, and the perfection don't come through the one person in the church. It comes through us as a conglomerate or a people that are united in one thought and one belief. The one thought is there's one God, and he wants us to be good. <laughs> you can't get no simpler than that. So anyway, as I said, uh, the Bible says in the seventh verse, it says, well, just before that, let's go back to the sixth verse. It says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Hand also is in the Hebrew word is yod. That's why you hear your God is called Yohei So just leave it like that. Those are the four Hebrew letters. But they all those letters have meaning. That's why when God said man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word he was talking about the Hebrew alphabet. Once you start learning that you'll understand you got more power. And so he says it's a two edged sword in their hand, but the hand also means mind or thought. So there I am taking the two edged sword and I'm tearing up the devil every time I get a chance because the word says to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. In other words we have power. God didn't just send it here with no power. We have power. And the devil's job is to make you think you ain't got none. The devil's job is to make you think you're weak and you can't, you can't win. The devil's job is to confuse you and make you think he doesn't exist. And these things bring on the curses, off the curses. You don't want them. You don't need them. You don't want the covenant that your grandparents made or your great-grandparents, or whoever, the, the blood sacrifices and stuff, you speak 
words of encouragement. He speaks words of deliverance. And while you're doing that, God will honor your words. You know, saying your word would not go out void, but it would accomplish what it's supposed to because God is watching over the word. So if you want God to operate in your life to break off curses and stuff, use the word. The word will help you. The word will set you free. That's why it says, uh, he who the Son sets free, and what it means, the word of God. Whoever, whatever the word of God says free is free indeed. Once you have tasted the uh, goodness of what the word does, then you'll be stronger in the word. When you walk into a church, if there's demons in there, they should be scared of you. If there's witches or warlocks in there, they should be afraid. You don't supposed to be the one that's afraid. You're supposed to make them afraid because the presence, which is uh, an angel called Uriel. Uriel means the presence of God. It's with you. Moses said, I will not go up without your presence. He was talking about that angel Uriel. A lot of times when you go into spiritual warfare, you need to call on the different angels to help you. One of them is Michael. Michael means one like unto God. He's a, he's a warrior. And he is the head of the host of warriors. But there are seven other or six other angels in heaven, which are called uh, archangels. But there's a lot more than that. But I'm talking about these are the ones that operate with us. These seven angels are the ones that helps us to do our warfare, to get our fight. In other words, they're waiting for you to speak God's word so they can operate upon God's word. The more you speak it, the more power you have. And it says in the eighth verse, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers. Now, a lot of times people say, well, how do I know what demons are coming at me and what curses are upon me and stuff? Well, it's according to what the name of that demon is when you find out. Like, it, I know many of y'all have heard of legion. And you don't pay attention to the rest of it. When he said, my name is legion, then he gave you an explanation. And the explanation was, for well, there are many of us. What was he talking about when he talking about many of us? He was talking about the different kingdoms. There's a bunch of kingdoms, and they're ruled by different demons. He was letting you know, hey, I'm one of the most powerful. I have a lot of kingdoms under me. And that's why Jesus was so tired trying to cast that demon out. The demon said, I'll make a deal. If you don't send me out of the country, you don't send me to the abyss, but if you'll send me into the swine, I will come out. And Jesus said, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. He was tired. He said, go. He made a deal. And they jumped into that, those swines and ran down the hill. I had a lady that was dying of cancer and sugar diabetes. And I said, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I spoke the word for that stuff to come out of her and jump into a, a tree. When it, did, when it went into the tree, the tree died, but the lady lived for 20-some more years. This is what I'm trying to tell you. The word will work if you work the word. If you believe what the word says about curses and uh, about blessings, let me tell you about another case. I'm down there in the Edina, Missouri, and this lady, we've been trying to do deliverance on and nothing was happening. So we decided we'd hug and just forget tonight and try again tomorrow. When we hugged, because the power of love was in us, 
This demon manifested. Now, I said, why couldn't he manifest it earlier? Why did he wait till now? So I asked him what his name was, and he said, my name is Curse. I said, there is no such thing as a demon named Curse. Curse is what happens. It's an action, a reaction and stuff. He said, no, my name is Curse. So I said, okay, I'm going to see if you're lying or not, because demons lie. And the only way you make them tell the truth, you take your Bible and put it up against them and say, if you're lying, let the Holy Ghost smack you right now. Let the Holy Ghost punish you right now. And if you put it on the person's head, the Bible, and it doesn't do anything, that means he's telling the truth. And so when I said, well, if your name is cursed, who else is with you? He said, there's witchcraft, manipulation, Jezebel. She's always in witchcraft just about it. And so there are different uh, demons, different names, different powers, different ranks. So don't get caught up on, oh, this is just only one demon there is, and let's get that demon out. Call him by a demon, 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 demon. No. If you don't call him by his authority, which means his name, he has the right to keep stinging around. This is why you torture them to find out their name. And how do you torture them? With the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds is a, like a building, a brick wall, and the demons hide behind it. Sometimes that brick wall is made out of uh, what we call personalities, what I mentioned earlier, uh, MPD, multiple personality disorders. And so you have to get, get that wall out of the way so you can get to the child so there's most of it's a little child in there hiding in the adult. You get it healed. Then you get to the demon and cast it out. And as long as you're using the word, you're using that two-edged sword, okay? Let's keep on going here. Now, look at Psalms 150, and it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the ferment of his power. Praise him in the mighty acts and praise him according to his excellent greatness. In other words, he said, look, start thanking him for all the things he did. He gave us a sanctuary. Where is the sanctuary? We are the sanctuary of today. It used to be the temple. But we are the, uh, the, the ones that, of today who are the temple of the Lord. So that's why we got to get into the sanctuary. The sanctuary is the temple. Praise him in the firmness of his power. In other words, Start thanking God for the power that he has, the power that he's given us, the glory that he's letting around us, the angels that he's putting around us. Everything that he's doing, God is doing it for us. He's already got everything, but he's doing it for us. And it says, praise him for his mighty acts and according, and his, according to his excellent greatness. What do you mean by mighty acts? I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen people who put curses on people, and the curse be lifted or broken off that person. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen hands grow out. The Bible is 100% real. It's not dead words on the dead page. It's the one that brings life and life more abundantly, but only if you'll speak it and believe it. Study it so it can be a part of you. Not just a little bit of part, but a part of you. All right. Any questions? Anybody calling in yet? 
Now, not yet. No one's called okay. in yet. I'm rather okay. disappointed in you guys. I'm just saying. I mean, you've got an expert here. Take advantage. Okay, go back. Go ahead. I did want to tell no, okay. one uh, something about what happened to me. I don't know if this is the appropriate time in the teaching yeah. to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't get out much because I have some health issues. But I did get mm-hmm. to a conference at a church with a very anointed pastor or the, who was giving the conference. Mm-hmm. When we drove up to the church the group of us that went together, we all got chills um, because they were, we were sensing something very evil. And then when mm-hmm. we walked into the church, all the decorations were witchcrafty things, not something that, you know, necessarily had witches on it, but things that witches used to decorate, like orbs and things, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know... Yeah. We could not through, I got three words, but I remember the first word was witchcraft. I don't remember the other two now. But Mm -hmm. we could not break through in that building. And and this was a group of strong praying women, all right? We had to go across Mm -hmm. the street to our hotel room and fight the battle from there. And I, I don't you know, really know why. I mean, we did go in as a group and anoint all the doorways, you know, when no one was there. We anointed the Mm -hmm. seats, you know. But we couldn't break through except from across the street. And the day that we broke through, that night, Father moved more mightily than he had throughout the conference. So. Okay. Now the thing so that what happened was there, that? <laughs> the thing that happened there is that they have Satan has dedicated land or places, and if he has a legal right, he can handle those places. Those places are his. Even God does not go against his legal right. But if he hadn't, if he's a trespasser, that's when you can break through. Now, because you were over there in, in that lane, I bet you there was a blood sacrifice somewhere. Even before you got there, probably, maybe, uh, most times you can tell what a curse has been put on a church, you'll find a dead animal out there. It might be a bird or a cat or a squirrel, but it'll be a dead animal somewhere around that building. So by you going across the street, you're away from the curse, and you were speaking to break that curse. And if, as I say, if somebody gets to the legal right, why that demon's there, if he does have a legal right or not has a legal right, then God honors that. Well, that's the main thing is always look. If you're getting ready to have a, a, a church service and in a building you've not been there before or you feel like there's something cold, you feel either what you're doing, you're feeling a dead spirit around there. So if it's a warlock that's putting something on or a witch, you say the scriptures, I suffer a witch not to live. And then watch what goes on. If it might be somebody that's in the church working witchcraft, if they come in churches 
and they take up positions as Sunday school teachers, assistant pastors and stuff. They'll act like, oh, yes, I'm a minister of light. I have understanding of God's way, and I want to teach you. But after you listen to them, you see the fruit they're bearing is not the fruit of Christ. They're not uh, really friendly, but they act like more they're in charge of you, ruling over you. But as I say, the more you use the word, the stronger you become. So the next time you go to a church and you feel like uh, there's a chill around there, start breaking witchcraft first and see if Jezebel ain't there or some of her cohorts like mind control and mind blocker. You have to challenge these things. You can't just say, in the name of Jesus, and let it go. No. Yeah, that's not what we did. That's what we mm-hmm. did from across the street. We went, you know, in the you know in the restaurants now they have little coffee areas where you can get coffee and mm-hmm. sit and whatever. And that's what we used. We all sat down there. We all prayed, and then we were mm-hmm. just getting different input from Father. So every time we got a different input, that's what we'd pray against, you know. So, mm-hmm. but that I was just amazed that we had tried it inside that building and it hadn't worked and mm-hmm. it it must have been a word from father that told me to get the girls together and do it from there because i don't think i would have thought of that on my own yeah you know i'm not that smart in in that sort of thing i just knew there was something i knew there was mm-hmm. witchcraft i knew there was a lot of stuff and i knew it had to be fought and i know mm-hmm. that knew the girls to fight with me you know mm, i hear you well, as I tell you, the reason it didn't work where you were at, because it had a legal right. You had to get to a place to where you sanctified the ground to fight back against this thing. So as I say, curses are brought on by speaking. Curses are broken by spoken words. So God was giving you the knowledge of what to say, and that's what will open up the door. God's word can open up the door, and Satan words can cause blockage. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, you got any others that you had been through? Uh, no, that's about it. Except with my grandson, I'm fighting the uh, the curses of diagnoses from doctors, who I really don't mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for anymore. Um, but they're calling him autistic. And now he is saying, he told Papa, I'm autistic, Papa. And my heart broke when, you know, Harold told me that because, first of all, mm-hmm. I knew that speaking it was a curse. Right. Then I knew that I found out that, you know, I know they give diagnoses like this so they can drug up the kids. And mm-hmm. these antipsychotic drugs cause a lot of problems. And I knew the mother, the adopted mother, um, would fall under that uh, spell from the doctor that this was okay. She thinks these are God-given drugs. And I'm going, no, not exactly. <laughs> you know? I hear you. And, uh, As I said, it's all about spiritual warfare on that and the way that people are becoming under the influence of what they call ADD and all that is that when you mm-hmm. take your kids to get vaccinated and stuff, you're putting stuff in them then. And that's what's causing us or as, a, as a nation to be dumbed down. 
and not checking for ourselves. What does the side effect says on this? And then look at how many people were diagnosed AD, ADD and all this other stuff before they started giving the vaccination. And you will be surprised at what you see. So the main thing is always reverse the curse. I don't mean send it back on the doctor because he's only <laughs> been taught what he's been taught, and that's what he learned. And yep. so he only practices yep. what he's been taught and learned. But we, as the children of God, we have to get into more of an a understanding. Most people say, I just need more anointing. I need more anointing. No, the Bible didn't tell you that. It says my people perish for a lack of knowledge, not lack of anointing, lack of love. is lack of knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the more powerful you are. The, the demons respect power. Just like when the, uh, the vagabond Jews were doing deliverance and stuff. And they said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? In other words, they respect authority. They knew who Paul was. They wasn't about to mess with Paul. But if you don't have no authority, which means uh, the word name, because he said, Paul we know, but you don't have a name. You don't have no uh, nothing to talk about, talking about kicking out in the name of Jesus or who this man Paul preaches. You can't steal nothing from Paul. <laughs> but as I say, <laughs> the main thing is always remember it's a warfare, and the warfare is not over in no two or three days. I fought in Vietnam. I was there for 24 months. That's how much you keep count when you're fighting in a war zone, 24 months. But that war was going on before I got there, and the war was still going on when I left. So that's why I say, if you go for, if you're trying to learn how to do spiritual warfare, you're in for the long haul. You're not there for no five or ten minutes. Oh, I prayed and we prayed, and God really moved in about ten minutes. God told us to do the fighting. We're gonna be there for a while. It might take months. It might take years to come. Well, I don't believe that. You already cursed yourself by saying, I don't believe it takes that long. Because if you go to the Catholic Church, it takes you about a year or two before you even get the chance to get to the exorcist. You got to go through everything else. And then when you work with the exorcist, it, sometimes it takes years working with the exorcist in the Catholic Church. And people say, why does it take long? Well, first of all, God is God. And he ain't told me why. <laughs> so I don't try to figure it out. My job is to obey. A soldier obeys orders. He doesn't try to figure them out. He obeys. What happens if it costs me my life? That's good. You obey, even unto death. But the main thing is learning the scriptures. Learning the scriptures so you can use them to destroy the works of the devil. One of the things in uh, Proverbs Three and five, it says this, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And I would stop trying to figure things out. God's already done worked it out. All you have to do is walk it out. But it ain't always easy. So you're going to have trouble. Your family done did some, as I said, Brought curses on the family. We've had curses ever since the beginning. When Adam and Eve transgressed God's law, and he said, you shall surely die. 
From that point on, we've been dying. Nobody living to be a thousand. And our knowledge is having to be had to be increased again because look at all these pyramids and stuff that were made all over the world, not just in Egypt, all over the world. They said some of those things, the architect was so tight that you couldn't even take a razor blade and put it in between there. That means they had knowledge. They had knowledge. And that's what we're striving for now. What does the word say and how do we interpret it and how do we think and how do we believe? When the man said, my son, he's sick, I believe you can heal him, but help me with my unbelief. You can have belief and unbelief at the same time. Oh, I know that. I've been there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when you want to, you know, when you're getting ready to do deliverance and stuff, believe you shall receive. And you can you have power to break the curses, but don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. One of the other things too, you want to make sure people don't pronounce curses over you. Uh, just like the doctor goes there, and I'm as I said, I have nothing against doctors. They're doing the best they can. But if a doctor walks up to you and says, "You look sick," all of a sudden you were feeling good until he said, "You you look sick." Or somebody walk up and tell you that. Those are word curses. I'm not sick. I'm alive. God has healed me. God has taken care of me. Tell me about praising I God, know. what God has done for you. And that breaks the word curse. My doctor so always told wanted. me every visit, every visit he would say, Dorothy, you are a very sick woman. And I look at him and go, I don't think so. I have a few issues, but I'm fine. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, this guy, his name is um, Kenneth Hagen. He was dying. And they told, told the mother and them get ready to get ready to bury his son because he's going to die. And he believed what the word says. He pushed the Bible off the bed. He said, Lord, I'm standing on your word. And he climbed out of that bed. I think he was about maybe five, six, maybe a little older. Stood on that word and got healed. And he was alive until he was in his 80s. Yeah, the other doctors who said they... And he's going to die. Don't believe word curses. Break them off immediately, as soon as you can. Okay. Let me see. One of the other things I want to talk about is that with word curses, the demons be listening. And anybody who receives a word curse, they're there to operate sure and make sure that curse comes to pass. You got cancer, you're going to die in three weeks. Oh, no. I am not going to die in three weeks. I'm going to live and and praise God and tell everybody about the goodness of God, his working, and I will do this even if I had to die, but I ain't dying unless the Lord says so. You know, give your confidence in what Jesus said, what the Word says, what the Bible says. One of the things I like about this, you know, Proverbs, it teaches you how to fight. And that's Let's just start off with the first thing there, where it says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to receive words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, judgment, I mean justice and judgment and equality, to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. The more you learn, the more you learn how to control yourself first that you can help others. You can't help nobody else until you've been helped first. 
You have to change the way you're thinking. If I think the doctor knows everything and he says I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But if I believe the word of God says that I can live and not die and proclaim the works of God, I believe it. Things that I've seen since I've been in the ministry, I've been in the ministry 37 years now. I am a one of the people that you can check it up. I am a licensed and certified exorcist. Even the Catholic Church recognized me. I'm in uh, some of the organizations like the International uh, Exorcist. That means I'm known worldwide. I get people calling me from over in England and stuff. But the thing is, I always know I don't control the gift. The gift controls me. I am not God. The Word is God. It even tells you, and it's, as I told you, the Bible interprets itself. Uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is the Word. You learn to hear the Word, which is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, the Word, and hear what he interprets, not the way you want to interpret. So the Bible says it does not need no private interpretation, but it will interpret itself. The more you read, the more you concentrate or meditate upon the word, the stronger you will be. Do you have any other questions or anything? I do have one question. I, I don't know if this applies. But when you were adopted legally into a family, um, do you take on the generational curses of that family like you do in a bloodline? Oh, that is a good question. Okay, now, here's the thing about being adopted into the family. When you're adopted into the family, you have all the curses that you had from your previous family and all the blessings that you have from your previous family. Plus, because adoption means you're accepted in. You receive all their blessings and all their curses. So what you want to do is do a history about both of you, if you can, you know. Sometimes you can't. But if you can, do a history on both of your family. And one of the things that we have is called spiritual power of attorney. Spiritual power of attorney. So in other words, once the child is adopted or you've been adopted in somebody's family, they have the power without the biological family being around to break curses off of you as long as you're under the age of 18 in the United States. Different places have different uh, 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 age limits. So when those curses cannot be broken off them, that a child or that a person that's growing has to break it off themselves. But in the United States, God recognizes, and so does the devil, 18 is the uh, 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 time after you come 18 is the time you cannot break the curses off of that child. He has to break his own. But until that time, you have power to break it. A grandparent. Okay, I I am I have been and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, I am the bloodline grandparent of the two children. She has four total, um, but two are mine, and I have been assuming the family 
uh, the, the spiritual head of the family role in breaking off all mm-hmm. curses. Is that appropriate? Yes, as long as they're under the age of 18. Yes, And like I tell people, I said, never, never give up prayer. My mother prayed for me, and my mother's from Louisiana. And I found out, you know, from checking the family background, there were some people trying to put witchcraft in our family. In fact, my grandfather was killed by a witch, and she came by the house. So God sent first a man of God to go by the house and talk to my grandmother and told her, he said, I'll tell you some things right now. And he said, "Uh, there's a lady going to come by, and her name is such and such, and what she's trying to do, she's going to try to put a curse on you and your family. And so then he walked away, and she lives in a little small town down in Louisiana. So everybody knows each other, and she didn't know him. Wasn't even a day later, this lady came by, and she was walking. She said, oh, it's so hot out here. Can I get a, a glass of water? He said, I'll bring it out to you. She said, no, no, no. Let me come on in and get the water. But she remembered what the man had said. She said, no, I'll bring it out here or you ain't getting it. She said, you're a lucky woman. She said, because I was trying to get into your house. There's a suit in there in the closet. I'm the one that put a curse on that suit that killed your husband, and I'm trying to kill you. So curses can be put in on people by clothes you wear, clothes, you, things you buy. Be careful about what you buy. Be careful in where you shop at. So these curses, when they get on you, unless you break the curse, it'll keep on going from generation to generation to generation, just like blessings. If you get blessed, God got blessings on you, and you can pass those blessings on from generation to generation to generation. Okay, got any other questions or anything else? Not that I can think of. Um, that's been my main thing about the, you know, the grandkids, because, you know, mm-hmm. I've been been praying that, you know, first of all, break the word curse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of recording some music for him and then putting prayer underneath the music, you know, breaking the curses and mm-hmm. declaring blessings oh. over him. Um, uh-huh. I don't one know of the things that... is to do. One of the good Go things to Go do ahead. is play music, just like you said. Play music, anoint the pillows that he put his head on, or she puts her head on. You know the different parts of the family. Also, mm-hmm. anoint your doorknobs. I had a man that came to kill a woman, and I told her to anoint the doorknob, and she was living in fear, and came up late one night. He grabbed that door knot and screamed, and she had no more trouble out of it. The guy we serve is supernatural, and we have to operate in the supernatural. So when somebody's putting a curse on you or somebody's trying to do something to you, believe you shall receive those things what you say, if you believe it. But now, the only reason that most times we don't get our prayer answered because we have people we have not forgiven. Unforgiveness will block God from doing anything for you. So, And one of the good things to learn is have women and young men read the book of Proverbs. It's wisdom in there. It tells you about uh, things that will attack you and what to do with them. 
I mean, in other words, like, uh, give you an example. Uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And he said, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock your fear cometh. When your fear comes upon me, destruction, and the destruction come as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come up on you. This is God talking. In other words, he said, I'm putting a curse upon you if you don't learn wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your duty, get an understanding. Because those two will give you knowledge. Knowledge is what God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to be destroyed. He wants us to destroy the evil one. He wants us to destroy the kingdom of darkness. He wants us to be so wise in the word of God and that when we speak, they say, we don't know if it's Jesus or one of the saints. That we're that close to the word. That's what we should be. So, as I said, I've taught you all about breaking curses and stuff and um, how to fight back and how to uh, go back and hear your family line by looking up the history of your family. Even if you can't talk to somebody, you can look it up by looking, where's, where's my great-great-grandfather? Oh, he was a preacher. And he died blessed, the house is blessed, his family is blessed. But if you look at it and you find that, oh, well, grandpa was a murderer. His brother was a thief. Uh, the sisters and brothers all are in jail. I, I was with a family like that. <laughs> Every one of the kids had been to prison. Every one of the kids had been in jail. And then this other family, everybody had been to prison and in jail except for the mother. She was a Christian. And I'm talking about big time, Chris. I mean, big time going to prisons and stuff, drug dealers and stuff. So, do not try to fight this in the natural. Do not try to figure this out in the flesh. Read the word and use the word and prosper by the word. If you'll work the word, the word will work for you. Now, the thing is, uh, we talked about putting people putting curses on you. Now we'll continue to talk about demons and what kind of demons can attack. There's one demon called Atmodius, and sometimes they pronounce it a little bit different. But he's the one that causes divorces. He's the one that makes family break up. You'll sit up there and be in the house. You and your spouse will be talking. Everybody's happy, and all of a sudden, one of them gets mad, and you can't figure out why. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, he's a preacher, and him and his wife was talking, and while he was talking, his, him and his wife, they were smiling and happy, and then all of a sudden she hauled up and hit him and knocked him out. He had never been knocked out. He used to be a prize fighter. He got knocked out. He got off the floor, and he said, why did you hit me? She said, because you called me a, the B word. He said, I didn't call you that. She said, yes, you did. I heard you. Out of your mouth, called me the B word. He said, well, I'm about to beat you like one. And as he started to get up, the Lord spoke to him and said, no, there's a spirit in your house that's imitating your voice. It made her think that she heard you say that. And so he started praying, and that demon left the house. And I say, don't always be so fast uh, to condemn or, or try to pick a fight, but try to walk away from the fight. I'm telling all the audience, listen, walk away from the fight. Because a lot of times it means they did not say something, but you interpreted it wrong. They might have said something kind, and you can say it mean. 
you got to remember, demons can hear what you're saying, and they can react to what you say. You have what you say. You have what you can believe. So that's one of the things that you have to look out for. Odmodius, another one you have to watch out for. It's called uh, Syncubus and Incubus. These are uh, sexual spirits, and they usually only attack when a person, let's say, if you're married and the, the husband and the wife are sleeping in two separate bedrooms. It'll be that way for a while because they're mad at each other or something. Then they have a legal right to come in, and they will try to have sex with you. Another demon that you have to worry about is called uh, one that likes to start arguments, too, besides uh, Osmodeus. There's one who wants to take over everything, and she walks around like it's a spirit, and walks around like, I am a prophetess, or I am a prophet. It could be in a man or in a woman. And they believe, if you don't believe what I'm saying, then you ain't hearing from God. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be judged. So when somebody tells me, I don't need nobody to judge me, I know there's a, a demon in there, and that's probably Jezebel. You got another one. Uh, mammon. Mammon is all about uh, greed. I want everybody to know I'm smarter than you are. I want everybody to know that I'm greater than you are. Uh, I want everybody to know that uh, uh, I, I, I got all this money bragging and all that. That's a spirit. It's a demon. And you want to get those things out of your house. First, you want them out of you first out of your house. When I get ready to do curse breaking, I first of all break the curses over me. There's certain things that I say by putting on the whole armor of God, which is season 6 and 10, putting on the whole armor of God, that I may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. And I do that every day. I teach my deliverance team here in Kansas City to do the same thing. They put on the whole armor every day that you'll be able to be like a duck when water hits his back and just roll off. That's the way you should be when you get all these things coming against you. And when it's your time to fight back, make sure you grab that sword of the spirit and quote those scriptures like 149 to execute judgment against the ungodly, against the, the wicked. For God is mad at the wicked every day. The more you practice saying the word, that's why it says a two-edged sword came out of God's mouth or Jesus' mouth. He practiced the word every day, and he spoke the word. That's why when they brought him, those people that had demons and devils and sickness, disease, he spoke the word. That's what it said. And they were confounded. How can this man speak these things? And, and even, the, even the demons obey. They are afraid of the word. So people would start memorizing the scriptures like Psalms and Ecclesiastics and Proverbs. You will have power from the word of God. You will have good understanding in the sight of God and man. You will be not wise in your own eyesight, but you shall depart from evil and do what is good. And that will make you healthy and you will be happy. 
in your body, happy in your mind, no matter what else is going on, you will not let the devil steal your joy. So as I tell people all the time, you study the word, you study it not only for yourself, but you study it for your family so that you'll have this to pass on later on when somebody needs help. Uh, Have you any other uh, questions? No, I'm here. I had my mic muted. Um, Okay. I just, um, something is forming, but it hasn't quite formed yet. So these demons are, are, you know, they need a good kick in the pants. But anyway. (laughs) Just remember, they're only doing what they're supposed to do. They're good at what they do. We're, not, we're yeah, the ones they are. practice. So, as I said, you know, a lot of stuff in the Bible, it warns us, to, you know, to stay away from certain people that is not meaning you good. Everybody's not going to be saved. Everybody's not going to be your friend. The Bible says get along with everybody if, 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 big if, if possible. But everybody's not a sign to help you. Some of them are assigned to be against you, but guess what? Those that are against you make you grow stronger. Just like a young boy going to school and he gets bullied every day. Then all of a sudden, he learns uh, some martial arts. Now, I ain't telling anybody to go out and learn martial arts and stuff. But they, he learned martial arts. He comes back, the bully comes to bother him, but he's been practicing now. So when the bully starts up, he's able to put the bully down. And when he's able to put him down, the others get scared of you. The more knowledge you have, the more power you have. The more power, the enemy starts fearing you. That's what you want. You want him to fear you. You want him to fear your family. I had a lady down there in Texas. I was doing a deliverance on. Well, in fact, about we were just eating dinner. <laughs> and that shows you with the power of God upon you and stuff, you never know what's going to happen. She manifested. She had three witches in her, and I got my whole family together, even the little ones that was four years old, get their Bible and help with the deliverance. And when we cast that thing out of this woman, she said she'd seen the three witches, and she could smell the smoke. But if we hadn't read the scriptures and my kids didn't know about, hey, the Bible is right and everybody else is wrong, they would have been scared. They would have been running out of there. But because they knew the words, they knew what the word says. They were able to stand and help me with that deliverance. And as I say, sometimes you really have to pay attention to see if there's any curses in the place where you're at. Building. I went to one church, and they had all this stuff in the church, which were uh, they were they were called spiritual spiritual churches. And there ain't nothing but witches and warlocks in there. Who's saying they forecast? Or casting your future and stuff. They do tea leaves. In other words, they they take the tea and have you drink it and have some tea leaves in there. They turn it over in the sauce and then they move their finger in that sauce and they tell you fortune. Fortune tellers. The Bible tells you stay away from them. So they're peeping, all oh, they're muttering everything. Stay away from them. The power is in the blood of Christ. What is the blood of Christ? The life of Christ. What is the life of Christ? The word of Christ. 
the more you study, the stronger you will become. One of the other things that uh, I'm looking at here right now in Proverbs, the seventh chapter, in the first verse, Proverbs, the seventh chapter, and the first verse. My son, keep my word and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thy eye. In other words, make that priority, the word of God. Study it. Study it. Speak it. Don't just read it. Speak it. You can catch a thief. You can uh, catch uh, things that's happening against you. Get the struggle. Stop quicker with the word. Instead of saying, I hope things change. I wish things change. Hoping and wishing ain't going to get you nothing. But if you start reading the word and start keeping the, the word as the apple of your eye, and then the third part says, bind them up on your finger, write them on the table of thy heart, say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and to understanding, thou art my kinswoman. In other words, you notice it's referred to as a woman because women is able to bring life into things. Man can't bring no life, but women do. And that's the same thing with the word of God. Dead words can't do nothing. Alive words can quicken your thoughts, your mind, your interpretation, and you'll start putting this word over and over again into your life, and it'll stop your poverty. I'll give an example about that. A young man walked to me way back when, when I first entered the ministry, and he said, son, you've got a spirit of poverty on you. I said, okay. He said, I need, you need to get that broken. See, now, he just said, son, you got a, poverty, a spirit of poverty and didn't give me no solution. He was putting a curse on me. But he saw there was a curse on me, and the first thing he wanted to do was help break it off. But uh, I told you, a curse is not broken until it's broken. And you can break curses by speaking. So he went and got this apostle. The apostle came to me, and he told me. It was in Kansas City. So if you ever listen to the apostle, I still remember you. He walked up to me, and he said, uh, you got a spirit of poverty on you. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, I'm broke all the time. I, I know that. He said, but I'm going to speak a word into your life, and you'll never be broke again. And that's it. He didn't put no oil on me. He didn't pray over me. He didn't do anything. He spoke. Speaking is so important. And I went down to uh, uh, Oklahoma to preach. And as I was going into the pulpit, this lady met me on one side and told me, uh, the Lord told me to talk to you. I said, okay, what did he say? He said, you'll never be broke again. Now, that's what the man in Kansas City had said. He spoke a word in my life, and this man was down in Arkansas. And so I said, okay, and I went up in the pulpit, and I preached, and I came down a different direction. I came down a different direction. This other lady walked up to me. She said, can I talk to you? The Lord told me to speak to you. I said, okay, what did he say? He said, you'll never be broke again. And from that time on, I have never been broke. I don't have a lot of money, but I ain't got no Miss Meal cramps. If you ever get a chance to see me, I'm heavy. I eat good in the neighborhood. But because the word works. If you work the word, the word will work for you. If you think good things and speak good things and speak good things to others, good things will come to you. Even though it might be some evil come at you first, some calamity first. But if you speak it, it will help you. It will come to you and bring you favor. But if you start speaking curses on somebody, eventually that curse is going to come back to you. 
And then you want to know why this or why is that? Because you did not speak blessings but curses. Beware of all those that uh, always talk about, hey, man, let us get it together here, man. Did you see that woman over there? Hey, man, she cute and all that. Hey, hey, my sister, sister, you see that man over there? Look how cute he is. Yeah, he probably got a lot of money. Stay away from these people. They're carnal-minded. You need to be with people that are spiritual-minded, that talk about the word, talk about in the time of uh, twilight when I'm in trouble and stuff, I call on Jesus. I use the word, and this is what the word did for me. When I was without money, had nowhere to go, no, no food to eat, I said, the Lord knows where I live, and the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And when I said that, it came to pass. Next thing I know, I had food coming in. I had a place to stay. This will what will work for you. Wisdom is understanding and putting knowledge to what your situation is to speak the word of God over it. Uh, is there anything else I can need to bring up? I have a question. It's probably a silly question. No, there's no what question. Do you silly question. Do, <laughs> what do you do with those who proclaim and profess Christianity who do not believe in the bad things happening because there's evil or that, you know, that there is evil that has certain manifestation in the flesh world and mm-hmm. you know I always say that the, you know one of the machinations of the enemy is these vaccines and the fluoride in the water and you know mm-hmm. goes on and on these uh, antipsychotic mm-hmm. drugs they're all machinations of the enemy what do you say to those who just you know think everything is from God and there is no enemy mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'd go to Proverbs, the 12th chapter, starting with the first verse. It says, whoever loves instruction, loveth knowledge. But he who hateth reproof is stupid. In other words, listen, if they don't want to believe it, that's their fault. Jesus said, let the blind lead the blind. They're both falling in the ditch. I see you must study like I do because I do not use uh, fluoride water. I buy special water, uh, alkaline water. I don't use uh, toothpaste. I use baking soda and to clean my teeth. Yep. Because yep. all that fluoride's in there, and it, it and what it does, it it controls our mind. It dumbs us down. If they can't get you through, if pharma cannot get you through pills and medicine, they'll get you through something. Say, oh, this is healthy for you. They don't tell you about the side effects. That's why you have to study for yourself. When you tell somebody something, if they accept it, good. If they don't accept it, that's on them. I'm not mean to people and stuff. But why should I spend my time trying to teach you something and you have to stay stupid? Well, sometimes those people have an, a key role in your grandkids' lives. So. Well, I hear you. That's why you pray over your grandkids and teach them. I got kids now that are starting to come to our church at the age of, uh, well, the youngest one, I guess, is about four, four or five. 
but I'm teaching them. And as long as I'm teaching them, I'm teaching their family at the same time. And then I tell them, don't believe me, look it up for yourself. That's one good thing about the Internet. You know, it's Pandora's box, as my mother said. Pandora's box. But you get on that computer, you can find out a lot of information. They are, they are trying, there's people that, what they call naturalists, are uh, trying to get you to eat healthy and stuff. And they, you can see the difference. Like uh, a lot of people are vegetarian now, and they feel pretty good. So they're getting their poison meat out of them. Because, and I call it poison meat because whatever the animals eat, you're eating. If you're eating fish, you're getting the mercury. If you're eating uh, different animals that eating germs like hogs and stuff, you're getting what they're eating. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And then even the vegetables, the, the BMO, mm-hmm. you got BMO yeah. vegetables, and um, pesticides are in everything that glyphosate. Um, mm-hmm. So it's become really, really important to pray over your food anymore. Um, yep, that's what I was not about to say. To, Pray over your stuff. Yep. Don't take any chances. But, yeah, yeah I've been learning on uh, detoxing from vaccines and trying to, you know, they, I make the bone yeah. broth and send it over. And... Mm-hmm. You know, you just, people don't want to believe it. It's true. Just like, no, they don't want to believe it. With a, I just got through with a report today where uh, the medicines that people have been taking for uh, diabetes and stuff can cause, mm-hmm. can cause friend of mine. It ate up his arms and his legs. Flesh eating. Which means, yeah. which means there is contamination in that medicine on top of all the chemical, mm-hmm. you know, falderol. There's because mm-hmm. you sit there and you listen to all the side effects of these medicines. There are many medicines, including blood pressure medicine, mm-hmm. um, that can cause dementia. And then they'll say, oh, well, this can cause a virus. Well, a virus doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. You know, there had to have been a virus in the processing. So mm-hmm. well, that's, it's, it's, that's why I tell people, you got to know the scriptures. You got to understand we're in a, not only a, a natural war with the drugs and stuff, so there's more drug addicts on this world now than we've ever had. But we have to learn how to destroy the work of the devil. When it comes down to addiction, you need to find the words that fight addiction. In other words, Lord, I'm in prison, but I look for you to let me out. Open up the gates and let the king of glory come in. Those are scripts that I use for addiction. And so, as I say, the break break curses, keep the demons at bay and let them know, look, I ain't going to be a pushover. You want to fight? We're going to fight. Yes, Lord. Yeah. uh, uh, Let me see here. I'm trying to see if there's anything else the Lord is trying to show me that I need to release to the people. Oh, yes. You got also, you know, a lot of times people will hear knowledge and reject it. They don't want to hear it. They'll talk about you, that you're, you're the one that's crazy and stuff. 
But to do what is right is what we're supposed to do. Do what God has showed us to do. And the people who finally, they'll watch you and see that you're prospering when they're not. And then they'll realize, hey, there's something that I need to do. I need to turn back to the word of God. If I say I turn back to the word of God, I'm turning back to God himself. Because wise counsel is good. Wise counsel tells you, hey, study things for yourself. Don't just let somebody put things into you. But you study it for yourself. That's why I tell people about that flesh-eating virus. They need to search that thing out and find out how it's related to diabetes. And mostly every medicine you see on TV nowadays has a one. This could cause death. This can cause death. That can cause death. Yep. But your doctor outweighs, says the, the chance of death outweighs the medicine that you need. Well, look, if I'm going to die, then let God tell me. But if he ain't said it, I ain't about to die. I'm going to live. Yeah, he tells me it's time to come home. All right. That's yep, it. that's exactly how I feel. You know, just mm-hmm. it's hard to get through yeah. to people. Uh, that's why I said don't even try. Just tell them the truth and then let it, let it go. That's one of the reasons why I love the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, and they got a Bible out called the Message Bible. You ever read that? The Message Bible? Message. Message. M-E-S-S. Oh, Message Bible. No, I haven't heard Mm -hmm. of that one. You need to look it up. Is it any good? uh, Oh, yes. Yes. It gets all in your face. (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) physically nothing. Yeah, here's the message. Stop doing what's wrong so you can do what's right. Or go to hell. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's on it's in those uh you can get online and say, I wanna read the interpretation of the message Bible. And it'll have it in there. All right. I'm trying to stretch it for two hours here, but <laughs> And nobody's calling in. I can't, can't, can't help y'all if you don't I call know. in. We're, we're gonna, I know. We're going to um, have to get on these people. Come on, guys. you got to start listening live again. I know you're all listening. You're all going to listen to the archives, and then you're going to say, oh, I wish I could ask that question. Well, what about this? Well, you know, mm-hmm. if you can, listen live. I know people have busy lives. Oh, I hear you. However, comma. Yeah, you know. <laughs> As I say, this is where life is right now. They'll say, even if you disagree with me, call in and let's talk about it. You know, we can see if I'm right or wrong. Because the word says one thing, I might say something, you may say something different. But if we study it out according to the word, we'll find out the truth. And the truth will make you free. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one of the best ways to get God to enter a place is to praise him. I have this one song that I, every Sunday we play at our church, and the name of the song is The Presence of the Lord is Here by Brian Cage. And if we play that song, it feels like the presence of God comes in, and we 
seen miracles. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. People that was mute and couldn't talk ended up talking and stuff. Uh, people getting healed from all kinds of things, arthritis and stuff, pains in their joints, pains in their body, uh, sickness in their stomach. I can't eat nothing but light baby food. We get to praying for them, casting out the demon. Next thing you know, they eat steak. That's because our God is real. He's not fake. He's not dead. He's yet alive. And when you get the presence of moving in, that's when you'll see Jesus. Jesus will show you that he is God, which is the word. As you hear the word speak or spoke, and you see the miracles happen. One of the things you want to do at night, speak over your home. Psalms 91, protection from the demons, from the devils, from anything that's trying to come and attack you. I have this uh, man I used to know, his name was Lester Summerall. He was laying in his bed, and it show you how much you pray and what the devil knows. The devil came into his house, the big one, grabs his bed and moved it clear across the room. He thought that was put fear in him. But what he did was spoke with boldness and said, devil, you better put it back exactly where you moved it from. Next thing you know, his bed <laughs> moved all the way back to the exactly where he See, when you show the devil, you're not fearful that the word will work, that you have a two-edged sword. I'm able to believe God for anything. There's nothing I cannot believe God for. But what happens if your prayer doesn't come fast? So what? He's still God. It can still happen. You ain't dead yet. And that's it. I've seen people that oh, they on the verge of a miracle and they give up. Don't give up. It said, he who endures to the end means don't quit. You're using the word, get some more word. Use some more word. Don't quit. You'll get stronger. And as you get stronger, then the devil gets weaker. And that's the job. We want God to increase, and we want the devil to decrease. I want to be with the Lord on high, so I got to get out of the valley, which is low. The only way I can get up, I have to get up the ladder because I'm already down in the valley. But if I climb one ring at a time or use the word, God's word, uh, scripture or stuff, the more I get stronger, the higher I go up. The higher I go up, I'm going up that Jacob's ladder, going up higher and higher and higher. So where, hey, I can look back and say, devil, you lost, and you're going to keep on losing because my family's going to follow right behind me. That's what you want to do. Not only keep it to yourself, but you want to teach your family and anybody else who wants to learn. But everybody's not going to want to. Everybody's not going to want to spend time with God. They want, Lord, give me a house, give me a car, and bless us three, and that's it. Don't need no more. But you need to be praying for others. So when you pray for others, the prayers come back to you. As I say, more wisdom, more understanding. So the more you climb into the word, the more the word will climb into you. And the good thing about it, it will multiply. It will multiply. Whereas God is perfect in all his words and his ways, he's tried it to prove that he's a bucket to all those that trust in him. So in other words, you prove to God that you're willing to trust him, he's willing to prove to you that he is the God you think he is. He said, you know, that word says, first of all, you must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You believe it and really with your heart, 
in the day of trouble, the name of God or the authority of God will be a defense to you. He will send help to you from different places. Wherever you need help from, he will send it to you. When it says out of the sanctuary, that means he'll send it from himself, no matter how it has to happen. You know, this one preacher was praying for more money. He needs money to pay it, pray for his church. He didn't have enough. Started counting the money. Got a, he needed like uh, $1,200. He said, Lord, we only got $700, $700. I don't know how the rest of it is going to come in. He started praying. So he said, well, let me count it again and make sure it's right. Counting, next thing you know, he got 800 he said, I thought it was 700. Started counting again, counting, counting it out. Next thing you know, when he got up, finished, he was up $1,200, which was the money he needed. And there was nobody bringing no money in or anything else. God can do that. If Satan can imitate things like that, God can bring it to pass. There's some people over in Africa. They can take trash, and I'm telling you what they did. I know the man. Put trash in a trash bag. He waved some stuff over it, did some uh, witchcraft, opened up the bag, and it was full of money. But he can't do it for himself. He can do it for anybody else, you know, other people. But that's, if they can do it, what about us? We got the one who created the universe. And he created it by the word. So if we will use the word, constantly study and use the word, will start to fly in our minds. In fact, you might even fly in your body because the Bible says that Philip flew. He's in one place. Next thing you know, the Spirit of the Lord picked him up and he flew him bodily to another. The only reason we don't see all these miracles is because we don't believe. We don't believe. So for all the people out there today, I hope I gave you something to think about. I'm here every other Wednesday. Uh, at what is it, seven o'clock? The time we on from seven to seven o'clock Eastern. Eastern. Yeah, yeah, seven o'clock Eastern. Every Six o'clock Central. Okay. And is what that, would that be? Pacific. Uh, four. See, yeah, four. New York. I'm I'm an hour. I think I'm an hour behind y'all. Because it was 6 o'clock when I started here, and I think it was 7 o'clock when I started talking to you. Wasn't, you know, I don't know how to figure it out, so I ain't going to have you do it either. <laughs> no, I always forget. I might remember it for a few minutes. I guess it's just not that important to me to hold on to. <laughs> oh, I hear Isn't you. Isn't that terrible? Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, if there's uh, anybody listening to the archives, and want to call my uh, home phone number is eight one six five zero twenty four twenty. That's eight one six three five zero twenty four twenty. And uh, usually I'll answer the phone. If not, then you leave it on the answer machine. Well, I do travel a lot, and I have a lot of churches that I go to. I teach about exorcism. Most people say, "You mean deliverance." Exorcism means I cast out demons. Deliverance means I cast out demons. It's the same thing. I just like the word exorcism. I like to see what happens to people's faces when they hear God is not the exorcist. He's in the land. <laughs> that is a cool word, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
as I say, I'm trying to see if there's anything the Lord is showing me or anything he's telling you that we need to continue on until 8 o'clock. And the next time, maybe I'll be ready to go to 9. <laughs> it's just been a hard day for me. I've already had to do, as I say, I exorcism about 1 o'clock this morning after doing one the day before then, plus the time in between, I got people calling me. I do exorcism over the phone. And I don't charge anything. So even at, over the phone or at or at the church, we don't charge. So we do it because we love people and we want to see the people set free. We want you to get all the curses broken. We have a special thing that we do to break curses at the church. Uh, we also have things that we do to break strongholds. And I just don't teach it over the telephone and stuff because you really need to learn this by seeing it seeing it that it comes to pass. So then once we do that, then we start breaking curses and strongholds over the families because generational curses is like what it says, generational. It can go all the way back to Adam and Eve and go all the way future to future generations. I know one time I was doing deliverance on this demon, I mean on this person, and the demon, I said, you're going to let go of the the generations that were in the past, you're going to get, drop these generations in the present and the ones in the future. He said, no, I'll give you the ones in the past. I'll give you the ones from the present, but I'm not going to give you the future ones. I said, you're about to give me all of them. He said, no, because that's our lifestyle, to hold the, the, pre, the future. The future is in our hands. Nope, you can't get them. You can't have them. I'm about to whoop you. And that's what I do. I speak that kind of word. I'm going to whoop you. Why? Because the word greater in me than he who's in the world. If God said it, I believe it, I receive it. I have to. He told me to fight. He didn't say he's going to fight every battle for me. He said he'll be there in the battle. So I use the word. And so I get future generations set free so that when you later on, you look back and say, look at this grandson of mine. He's really working the word and word is working in him. Why? Because somebody broke the curses off of him. Somebody spoke a word into him and or her. That's what I'm saying. Learn the word. Learn the word. The word is life, abundant life, life beyond the amount you can imagine. Yeah, I was just about to let y'all go, but I got one more thing to say. I was uh, this man recently to show you how powerful God's word is. He was so astute student in the word of God that he walking in as an apostle and a prophet. And he said, I'm tired of speaking to you people. He said, I'm going to show you that God, how strong God is. He took this handkerchief out. He ran his hand across that handkerchief a few times and put it in front of this lady. And he said, look in there. It's a mirror. And she's looking at him like he's crazy. She looked in that handkerchief and she saw her house. And in her house, she saw her husband and saw what he was doing with another woman. The prophet didn't even turn around. He pointed at the corner of the, of the handkerchief. He said, you see that down there in the corner? She said, yes. She said, well, that's more than you can imagine. I'm trying to tell you, the Bible says, for more than you can imagine or hope for God to do. It's not a trick. 
God's getting ready to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall have visions. And upon his handmaiden he will pour his spirit, and they will prophesy. You know, people always say, oh, I don't believe in women preachers. Listen, you better go back and read your Bible. I believe firmly in women, men, and children preaching. You hear me? Preaching. I didn't say leading anything. Preaching. Because the word has got to go out. The word is what saves you. It's not a man or woman position. It is the word that changes you. It's the word that gives you joy. It's the word that will wake you up with a smile on your face and a, they say, and a sip to your, your stride and make you want to dance. <laughs> well, anyway, um, as I said, I'll be back on next week. I hate to close off early, but I'm saying I've been busy already today. <laughs> So if you got anything you want to ask me, Dorothy, or say, say something to the people? Uh, I would just say one more thing about these machinations of the enemy and all that he's done with our food supply and our air that we breathe and our water supply. Mm-hmm. What that a lot of these things do is they give you what is called a leaky gut where you cannot mm-hmm. even absorb any nutrients in the food. So how evil is that? That's that why is we have, evil. <laughs> well, they say they never told you Satan was a good guy. That's <laughs> he's right. Evil, and he's good at he's good at being evil. And these people should look up these scriptures or look up the things that you're talking about, like the leaky gut and stuff, and about the uh, uh, flesh eating virus. They need to not dig their head in the sand like an ostrich but get their head up and read for themselves. I don't believe everything that's on the Internet. I don't believe everything that uh, people say. But if you look at it enough, you can find what is truth and what is not. You go to the hospitals, you can see who's sick in there. You can see if cancer is real or not. You say, I don't believe in cancer. And just because you don't believe in something don't mean it ain't real. You better learn how to break the spell of cancer. You need to know how to fight the word against cancer. You know, I've seen people heal from cancer. So that's what I'm saying. It ain't it ain't that it can't be healed. It's just us submitting ourselves to the word of God and learning what to do. And always remember, God is God all by himself. He doesn't need us to tell him what he needs to do. He does what he wants to. He wakes up when he wants to and he tells you how to stay blessed, how to stay away from the curses. And just like David, when he was cursed, when you last cursed David, and David said, uh uh, I'm about to take your head off in the name of our God. He said, You come after me with a spirit and a sword, but I come to you in the authority of the Lord. The word and what he said came to pass. Yes, we're going into a time very soon that Everybody will be able to prophesy. And I don't mean prophesy a new house, a new car and stuff, but prophesy like, hey, you're sick, be healed. Be set free. If anybody wants to see if this is a true message, if you listen to it or listen to it in the archives, if you'll just raise your hand up now, you got pain in your body, I must prophesy to you and watch you get healed. For those that have pain in their body right now, from wherever it is, in their hands, their toes, their back, 
wherever the pain is, I speak to Aul right now. That's one of the demons. I speak to you right now and pain, and I bind you both together, and I command you to come out of those people. I prophesy there's a time to begin and a time to end, and your time is ended right now. Now, those that got healed, call in, because where's your pain? It's gone now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as far as what to believe on the internet, you know, Father tells us the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth that does not just apply to the word. It's all truth, A-L-L, every truth. So when you read something on the internet, check with Father, and he will tell you if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you have a blessed time, and I'll talk to you maybe sometime. In the meantime, I got some things that's happening here. I got some guest speakers coming into Kansas City. So that's going to kind of keep me a little bit busy. And then I'm leaving to go to Texas. I'll be in Dallas, Texas on the 21st with Bob Larson Ministries. I'll be, no, it's the 28th of September. 28th of September, I'll be with Bob Larson Ministries in Dallas, Texas at the Marriott Hotel. Then I'll be down in Atlanta, Georgia, in uh, November uh, at Liber- Liberation Church. And then I'll be down in Florida on the uh, 8th of November for two days at Ignitus Church in uh, Lakeland, Florida. So if you get a chance to make it to any one of those things, please come up and talk to me and say, hey, I heard you. And I want you to know, <laughs> I'll pray with you and so you can be blessed. All right, until next two weeks from now, all of you have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Pastor James. Have a blessed You're night. Welcome. Get some rest. Okay, and you Father too. bless, Father bless everyone. Amen. Amen.